That smooth Christian jazz you're hearing means you've tuned in to Same Old Song, the lectionary podcast of Mockingbird Ministries. I'm your co-host, Aaron Zimmerman. I'll be joined by Jacob Smith as each week we break down the lectionary readings for the upcoming Sunday to give you something to think about, and if you're a preacher, to give you something to preach about, and no matter who you are, to give you a connection to the never-changing message of God's grace for actual people like you. Unzip that monogrammed faux leather Bible carrying case and cover, pull up a chair, and let's dig in. Welcome to this episode, the all apocrypha edition of the same old song. <laughs> Psych! Just kidding. It does get into that in the, the uh, lectionary. We will not be doing this. But before we get to that, Jacob, you're looking autumnal. I see. Is that suede? Is that corduroy? You're in a you're in a beautiful brown jacket. Yeah, I'm uh, wearing my fall uh, corduroy blazer. Mm. So um, you know, uh, I'm I'm a living pumpkin spice latte right now. <laughs> <laughs> the crown of maple leaves in your hair also looks great. Uh, mm. just the, it's a Thank you. Beautiful yellow yep. color. Be prancing around the maypole after this. So anyway, but. Or is it an Asherpole? Well, I will pray that you uh, repent from that. Um, Mm. Let's dig into this. This is the... uh, the, We're right now coming into an episode 272. This is the 24th Sunday after Pentecost, uh, which means you have um, three Sundays until Advent 1, my friends. Uh, so just be getting ready for that. And um, if you haven't already noticed, Christmas Eve, this is your advance warning PSA, Christmas Eve is on a Sunday this year. So just plan accordingly, ministers. I want to give a shout out before we start. I had lunch with some new new members of St. Albans, uh, Monty and Shelley, wherever you are. Um, I'm glad to be your second favorite preacher. And thank you for, for, for being a same old song listener. Um, their second favorite preacher. Who's their first, might I ask? Uh, a preacher in, Lu- in Louisiana <laughs> that I can't name. A famous, a famous preacher. Um, uh, I thought uh, you were going to say me. No, no, no. They have. Well, I think you're probably number three. You're number three. Um, yeah, they actually they, they do visit New York occasionally. So I told them to, to show up at, at your church at some point. So I'm I'll good. Give you a heads up. So you can preach a really good sermon for once. You know, bring your A game. Uh, let's uh, let's dive in. Mm. Uh, with these readings. So, yeah, we're in track two, listeners, um, uh, and uh, and we're going to be looking at a reading from Amos chapter five, and uh, um, famous for his cookies, but also for this uh, book of prophecy. And then we're going to look at First Thessalonians as we kind of continue through that letter, and then the Gospel of Matthew chapter 25, 1 through 13, the parable of the bridesmaids. And um, the, some that have lamps and some that don't and what that all means. Um, I'm excited about that passage because a lot of people think it's, well, something other than what it is. But before, Jake, any shout outs you want to give? Any updates on your psychodynamic state you'd like to share with our listeners before we <laughs> dive in? I'm definitely not giving any updates on my psychodynamic state. So, <laughs> but, uh... Jake's in a dark place, y'all. Let me just tell you. <laughs> 
So anyway, we'll just no, leave it at that, you know? He's but fine. He's fine. Church administration. fine. It's not for the faint of heart, I'll tell you that, especially uh, an aging parish in New York. If you guys want to give some money to, to a, a good cause, give some money to Calvary St. George's capital campaign <laughs> and or operating budget, and uh, you'll you'll help Jake, uh, you know, be able to focus on the ministry of the gospel. Oh, thank you, Aaron. Yeah. But anyway. Um, he'll take cryptocurrency, too. Let's get too. started. Yeah, our uh, readings today are from Amos chapter 5, verses 18 through 24. Like I said. And then we have, and then we have 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses Bro, 13 through 18. Bro, I did that. 18. You were checked out. Oh, sorry. Yeah. It's okay. Just goes to show my psychodynamic state. <laughs> All right. Do you so, want to start over? <laughs> <laughs> no. We're too far. We're too far. Just keep moving forward. Okay. Um, Take it away. So, yeah. So, Amos chapter 5, 18 through 24. This is um, a word of kind of judgment. Uh, it's got some great imagery in it. It's, it says, you guys ask for the day of the Lord, the day of Yahweh, the text says in Hebrew, um, because the people wanted God to come sort of rescue them, set things right, get rid of the oppressor, all of that sort of stuff. Um, the day of the Lord, the day of the Lord. But he's saying, you don't really know what you're asking for. Um, and... Uh, because he says that the day of the Lord, it's it's darkness, not light. It's like someone fled from a lion and was met by a bear. Um, it's like you you um, you thought you were, which I think is just a great description of how life feels a lot. Actually, um, you leave one situation for a, you think it's a better situation, but it turns out it's a bear and it's mauling you. Uh, but the, yeah, these are people, they want God to come and judge and set things right, but they've sort of forgotten the fact that if God comes to judge and set things right, they are going to be in the crosshairs too, because their life has not actually been totally on the up and up. He says, I despise your festivals. I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Um, you know, um, you think you're doing right, but it turns out you're neglecting the most important thing. And this is this beautiful verse at the end from, you know, made famous by the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever flowing stream because these people have been oppressing the, the folks in their midst. They've not been, they've not been living right uh, as a society uh, or as individuals. And so God says, if you're, if you're asking me to show up, you better be careful what you're, what you're asking for. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. This what is, would you um, say about this, Jake? Well, you know, this is a, you're absolutely right. Uh, what this um, what this passage is about is that so often we think it's the um, the outside that defines the inside. You know what we do defines us. And Amos here, and this is what Israel thinks. This is to the 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 the, the ten the ten tribes of Israel in the north, and you know, and they're like basically we're good people. We're doing a lot of great things. And he makes the point. And so you know, and the problem is over there. And, uh, and the point that Amos is making here um, in a very macabre sort of way is that the problem is you. And, uh, and uh, it's not Quoting the outside. That there. Yeah, oh, it's apparently. not the outside, but the inside that defines a person. And so you calling down judgment because you think the outside is pure is actually your problem. So he gives this kind of weird illustration. It is darkness, not light, as if someone fled from a lion and was met by a bear or went into a house and rested a hand against the wall and was bitten by a snake. You know, that's, that's what that is. You think, you know, uh, you know, you're, you, you're, yeah, you got problems. This is the point. Um, uh, Charlie Chaplin once was asked, how do you make people laugh when they've seen the same trick over and over and over again, especially the banana peel trick. 
And, uh, and he said, well, you know, the first thing you do is you zoom in and you take a picture of the banana peel. And then the second thing is you zoom in on the person about to step on the banana peel. And then you zoom out and the person steps over this banana peel and falls into a manhole. You know, this is, uh, this is what it is, is that they think that it's, there's simply just a banana peel there. But the problem is very, very serious. And so um, uh, the point being is, is that, yeah, you're, it's not the outside that defines you, but the inside that's important. And so what these people need is a total heart conversion, uh, not simply more sacrifices, not a prettier altar frontal. And so this is why let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. And uh, this ultimately uh, finds its fulfillment in Jesus, uh, who did take upon the judgment for the whole world and uh, was, um, was the perfect sacrifice for us. And now from his heart comes uh, both uh, water and the blood. And uh, that water flows down out of the font and has covered you and has marked you as Christ's own forever. Amen. Well, uh, there you have it. If you want to preach on Amos, uh, God looks inside, not the external, uh, you know, your pious acts and whatever, but, but what's going on in the inside, which is what he's saying to... Um, and that applies to a society as well as to an individual. So here it's kind of yeah. a, a societal thing, but it can all absolutely be uh, individual. I mean, there's tons of that all over the place. I mean, you know, uh, I mean, just, yeah, you, I mean, it is not hard to watch politicians demonstrate the outside, um, you know, piety versus what's really going on in the inside. And you can pick pick that apart. But really, I mean, at the end of the day, keep your illustrations about the gospel and keep it focused on the text. Yep. And uh, if you're getting attacked by a lion, don't run into the arms of a bear. Is, uh, mm, is the, indeed. Something about that Detroit and Cincinnati in that. All right. So <laughs> now let's move to the epistle, First Thessalonians. This is St. Paul writing to this very early Christian community uh, who have now had members die, and this was not um, what they expected. Uh, first and Second Thessalonians are, are seen by many as the earliest things written in that later came to comprise what we call the New Testament. And so Paul is writing to this community of believers who, um, you know, there's the church is in its infancy. And one of the things that the church expected after Jesus ascended into heaven was that um, he would come back really soon. Of course, we know that to the Lord, a thousand days, a thousand years is like a day, and a day is like a thousand years. So, soon in God's timing is often different from what we would consider soon, <laughs> as any Christian can tell you if they've asked for God to help them quickly. Sometimes God's understanding of quickly is different from ours. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, one of the things that's happened is that uh, Jesus has not yet returned, and people are starting to die. And they're like, we thought he was going to come back and get us real soon, but we haven't. Uh, well, now we're dying. So, this great line here. Um, he says, we don't, we, we don't want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about those who've died, so that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. So it's this idea of, yes, we grieve and we have hope. This is the Christian um, embrace of the resurrection, and it's what you know we see in, in Jesus' own ministry. Um, his, his, even though he knew the resurrection was real and he said, I am resurrection and life, and he had himself had raised people from the dead, he still grieved and um, was filled with dread about his own death. So Christians uh, following his example um, 
can do two things at the same time, grieve and wait with hopeful expectation for the resurrection. So that's, so we grieve, don't listen to Christians that say like, buck up, you know, don't listen to Christians who say, let's just have a celebration of life. Don't be sad. Like when someone dies, no, you mm. do be sad. Grieve. It's, it, death is not the way, it's not the plan. It wasn't the, it's not God's, um, it, it's, it's not a good thing. Death is not a good thing. So grieve, um, but then also have yeah. hope. Um, and so this is, he says, we grieve with that hope. Jesus died and rose again. Even so, God will bring with him those who've died. So this is Paul dealing with people who are just surprised that death has happened to people they are they know who are in Christ. And and he does here end with this description that, that God um, will uh, sound this trumpet uh, the Lord Jesus Christ will return. Uh, there'll be an archangel's call, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And those who are alive will then be caught up with the clouds. And by the way, this is not a description of the rapture. Uh, that's not something that happens scripturally. This is, I know. Sorry that's no to fun. Bum you out, Nicholas Cage fans. Um, so. <laughs> Yeah, this I'm more of a Kurt Cameron me. man myself well, when it yeah, comes to well, Left Behind. It's a valid, it's a valid choice, you know. <laughs> both both are great, um, but uh, the, uh, the this is something for the end when Jesus returns. This is not some sort of pre-return. Yeah, people get whisked up into the air. Anyways, um, I wouldn't um, get into that thorn patch in your sermon. I think the main thing That's to preach right. about is this idea of. Christians grieve and have hope. And there's, you know, Christianity is full of these paradoxes. We are sinners and saints. We are fully saved and justified, and yet we still see sin in our lives. We we, um, we grieve and we have hope, you know, all, all these things. Um, so I think that's where I would sort of talk about that Jesus, because of his great mercy and love for us, allows us to be honest. Um, we can grieve. We can um, be who we are. Um, we are not perfect all the time, and we can bring all of that, our real true selves, to Jesus and trust in him for salvation, for grace, for forgiveness, you know, all of that. That's amazing. And that is what encourage others with those words when they're at a funeral. You know what I mean? The point, that's the other point of the funeral is this one, not to say like, oh, let's just have a celebration of life or, you know, not to, uh, you know, just be totally depressed. I mean, no, I mean, we grieve and we grieve as those with hope. Um, but that's the point of the sermon. I go to so, I mean, not anymore, but I've been to a lot of funerals where um, it is all about the person and how awesome they are. Yeah. And uh, But the point of a funeral service and uh, the point of this particular text is to cur encourage one another with these words, not the words of the life that, the, you know, the wonderful life that the person lived. And, you know, I mean, you know, 65% of that's BS anyway. And so, um, <laughs> you know, maybe not for you, but I've, I've heard a lot of them. And uh, But the point is, is that actually Jesus hasn't forgotten you. Um, you know, I mean, I've been in I've been in hospitals, and it is a scary thing. I was in an emergency room a couple of weeks ago, and uh, you know, in the midst of this emergency room, there's a lady like handcuffed uh, to a wall, screaming, and because uh, she was violent. And then, but in came this um, little like little probably Honduran kid or whatever. He's a delivery guy through New York City, and he got run over. And there was his mom and all of that, or family there, and they were like, I mean, it was a terrifying moment. And uh, I don't know what happened to this kid, but if he did die, 
you know, the point of it isn't like, oh, you know, he was an awesome delivery driver and he really did a great job delivering. That's not hopeful. Uh, what is hopeful in the midst of death, what Paul encouraged one another with these words, is that Jesus, in the midst of those moments, in the midst of death, has not forgotten you. And uh, he is coming again to save you. And you will rise from the dead. First, those who are already buried and then those of us who are left. Uh, and we'll be all caught up in that clouds together where the Lord is going to meet us. And we're going to see him face to face and not as a stranger, but as a friend. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, yeah, that's so great. The, 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 uh, I never sort of um, picked up on that, Jake, the encourage each other with these words. You know, yes, so often in funerals or where somebody dies, we say, well, they're in a better place, or at least they lived a long life, or something hard is happening. And somebody says, well, what is God trying to teach you in these moments? Always bringing it back to kind of the human plane, kind of the human situation. And, mm. um, but here, Paul says, look, think about the hope of the resurrection. And if you ever come to an Episcopal service, that's what it's all about. Like, there's a sermon that talks a little bit about the person, um, but mostly it's preaching the texts, which are about the resurrection. There's no, traditionally, no eulogy, none of that. Um, it's really about the hope that we have in Christ. And so, I think the message, there's not a single person in your congregation who is not grieving something, we never get over, even if it's an old wound, we never get over them. They're always with mm. us in some respect. So we grieve and we have hope. And um, uh, yeah, that's that's um, some good stuff, Jake. Thanks for teaching me. Look at you. Um, mm. you know. All right, Matthew Can't 25. teach an old dog new tricks. <laughs> so <laughs> You just did. Uh, this is a great parable. This is a great parable. Yeah, so we have... Jesus saying, the kingdom of heaven, the reign of God is like this. There are 10 bridesmaids. They all have lamps and they're going to meet the bridegroom. These are little oil lamps, little clay lamps with a wick and they're filled with olive oil mm -hmm. and they, um, you know, they're, they're waiting for the, for the bridegroom to arrive so they can go to this party. And it says five of these were foolish bridesmaids and five were wise and the foolish had their lamps, um, and they, they had like extra oil in case they ran out. Or sorry, the wise ones had extra oil. The foolish ones didn't. And so the bridegroom is late. Everybody falls asleep. At midnight, finally he arrives um, in the stretch Hummer and he says, let's go to the party. And the bride, basically it's like your phone running out of battery. Um, couple of, like five of them brought extra chargers and five didn't. So now they've run out and they, they, they can't go to the party. So. Uh, they say, well, give us, let us use your chargers. And they say, no, you can't have ours because if you use our chargers, it won't be enough for us to charge our phones. Um, and uh, and go, go, go buy your own chargers. Go, go solve the problem yourself. And so they go to buy the stuff and the bridegroom comes back um, and he's ready. And so they, the, the five wise bridesmaids go to the party and the five foolish ones, they show up late after kind of because they've gone to buy their chargers slash oil. And they say, hey, open up. And he says, I don't know you. And the final punchline from Jesus is, keep awake, for you know neither the day nor the hour. So the first reading on this, you think that Jesus is saying, be like don't the be smart foolish, ones. be wise. Like, have extra oil. Have your oil, oil trimmed. Yeah, have mm -hmm. your lamp, have extra oil. And the, and the preacher is going to try to tell you what the oil means. Like, the oil symbolizes... Bible reading or good Spirit. deeds, yeah, all, whatever kind of religious activities, um, all that, um, be ready. But on a second reading of the story, you begin to see some interesting things. First, yeah. every single bridesmaid is uh, 
asleep. Asleep. Every single bridesmaid, uh, like none of, they're not good. It, like Jesus sets up these wise, foolish categories because that's how humans think. But he's trying to say, you know, you think there's some wise or some foolish, but really everybody is a mess. Because, you know, if you look at it, the bride ma- bridesmaids that have the extra oil, they're selfish they're and stingy. Like they won't share. There is enough to share. If they shared, then everybody could go to the party. But yeah, so they're they're kind of, no, get your own. Um, they all fall asleep. Um, so the, the point here is the foolish ones didn't know Jesus. Jesus is the bridegroom. Let me just say that in case any of you were wondering. Um, but the thing here is that the, when the bridesmaids come and say, Lord, open to us, he doesn't say, no, you didn't have enough oil. He doesn't. He doesn't say no. Your your lamps, you know, have some problem with them. He says no. I don't know you. So the point is, um, they wanted to solve their oil problem, their lack of oil problem, by themselves on their own strength, um, as opposed to maybe when the bridegroom arrives, say, hey, maybe we can walk arm in arm with the five bridesmaids that have oil, or maybe we can, maybe you have oil, bridegroom, maybe you can help us. But instead, they wanted to solve the problem for themselves. And it's that, it's it's um, whether you come to the party trusting in your own oil that you've brought, or you come to the party trusting in Jesus and for him to provide it for you. So this is a, a, a fun parable to preach because it is sort of this thing that we always want to divide the world into good good and bad people and God loves the good people and hates the bad people and so be a good person. But there's actually much more here. Um, everybody gets in the party not based on whether they're good or bad, but whether you know the bridegroom. And to know him is to trust him and not yourself. So that's your whole sermon right there if you want it. Jake, what would you add, take away, correct? You wouldn't take any, I wouldn't add or take anything away, you know? I mean, you've hit all the points. And uh and the, the point is, is uh, you know, keep awake, therefore. And uh, what does keeping awake mean? It means, uh, well, keeping your eyes on Jesus. And, uh, and uh, you do that because, uh, well, um, those streams of water have already flowed down on you and provided all that you need. And so even you, uh, you foolish bridemaid, uh, with um, no oil in your lamp and, you know, your lamp's not working, um, know this, uh, the bridegroom's got you covered. So come into the party. You've been invited. Exactly. And be wearing one of those T-shirts that like looks like a tux, but isn't. Mm. So you look formal, but you're comfortable on the dance floor. <laughs> I think All that right. would be that would be the case of like then uh, our reading from two weeks ago. Friend, how did you get in here with these clothes? So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, I think that'll All do right. it for this uh, this November Sunday uh, as um, uh, uh, you prepare to preach. I hope this has been helpful. Um, whether you are a preacher or somebody who will be preached. Too. Um, and uh, if if you want to go over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, rate us, review us, etc., that always helps. And we are ending the year, and so Dave Zoll hasn't told me to say this, but after you write a big check to Calvary St. George's and fund their capital campaign, you can also, if you're thinking about some year-end giving, give something to Mockingbird, which um, reaches literally thousands of people every month through this podcast and others. Um, the blog and the conferences and all these great things. There's a new devotional coming out if you're looking for a Christmas gift um, by Larry Parsley on the Gospel of Luke. So much good stuff. And um, so if you have a little extra cash to throw on at the end of the year and you want a little bit more oil in your lamp, you know what I'm saying? Uh, make, <laughs> head over to ember.com and, and make a gift. Um, 
the best. All right. Well, happy preaching, everybody. We'll see you next week. See you later. Somebody's looking. Somebody cares. Somebody wonders what you're doing today. You know we crucified him, buried him, but three days later, well, the stone got rolled away. And yes, Thanks for listening to Same Old Song. Hope you found some gospel nuggets for the pulpit or for your life. If you like what you heard, leave a review or rating in Apple Podcasts. Dave Zoll will be sad if you don't. Thanks to TJ Hester for audio production. And remember to keep that Bible by your bedside, ready to rock and roll.